What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. This is Intimate Knowledge with Megan King. Shh. It's a show about sex. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to Intimate Knowledge. I'm your host, Megan King. You can find me at Megan King. And today I'm excited because we have Tina Swithin on the show. She's someone who I've been following for years on Instagram. It's at One Mom's Battle. And she's an activist and an author for um, divorcing a narcissist. She works in the family court system to affect change and for people to see that domestic abuse is so much more than just physical abuse and that our children need to be protected within that system. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Tina Swithin, thank you so much for being with us. I've followed you for a couple years now on Instagram and I've learned so much from you. You're the author of Divorcing a Narcissist, One Mom's Battle, one of the best-selling divorce books of all time. You've also authored three additional books in the Divorcing a Narcissist series, Advice from the Battlefield, The Narc Decoder, Rebuilding After the Storm. You are an internationally recognized blogger, divorce coach, and champion of children's rights and the family court system, an activist and advocate. You are all the things. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thank you for being here. Absolutely. Honored to be here. Did I miss anything? I mean, depending on the day, (laughs) (laughs) you're all the things you're a mom and you, um, you're kind of a lawyer. You're kind of, but I mean, you're not, you act as one, you acted as your own lawyer in your own custody in, in divorce battle. Right. People always ask me, you know, would you ever go to law school? And I'm like, hell to the no, there is no way in the world I could do that for, you know, uh, I just couldn't. 
No, I feel the same way. Um, but I'm I'm happy to have you on here because I there's so much that I want to go over with you regarding my my personal situation. And this is a show about sex and it's about intimacy. And I never thought that my relationship with my ex-husband would get worse after the divorce. Yeah. And I thought that once we were able to to close that door to that chapter of the marriage that, you know, and the intimacy is gone and we could just, you know, strictly communicate about logistics with the children, that it would be easy. And I would have these, these, um, protection measures put in place like this app OFW that I've been court ordered to use. We both have that protects us from things like verbal abuse and humiliation and threat and threats and, um, et cetera, et cetera. Tina, it's not. It's not. And actually, you know, it's a huge misconception that in society that, you know, we tell survivors, uh, you know, regardless of if it's, you know, emotional abuse, psychological abuse, physical abuse, you know, that when you leave the relationship, Mm -hmm. you're doing the right thing. You're Mm -hmm. so brave. And we applaud survivors. But what so many of us discover right out of the gate, and, uh, you know, when you talked about that, You know, I went out of the gate first days in the family court system with rose colored glasses, believing, you know, go me, I made the right decision. And now once we are separate, it's going to, you know, things will resolve and things will get easier. But, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what so many of us discover is that the abuse post-separation is actually worse than what we endured during the relationship. Why is that? That I, I feel that same way. Why is that the case? It's because we know domestic abuse is about power and control. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the 101 of Mm -hmm. domestic violence. And we don't, it doesn't just magically go away and dissipate when the relationship ends. And in many situations, the perpetrator can be triggered by the loss of power and control. And so in a desperate attempt to maintain that control over their victim, the survivor, you know, they, they actually amplify and because out of desperation to maintain. So during the relationship, so many of us were able to shelter the kids Mm -hmm. from Mm -hmm. the reality of who that person is. Mm -hmm. And, and most of us would describe, they didn't want anything to do with the kids during the relationship. Mm -hmm. But as soon as that divorce is filed or the the relationship comes to an end, they see the children as the number one way to hurt you and to maintain control. So and all they're of right. This, and they're right. Absolutely. In my case, yes. Yeah. And, and because the family court system prioritizes parental rights over child safety, mm-hmm. it's a recipe for disaster. The family court system becomes their new platform of abuse and the new way to maintain power and control. They only see the children as pawns and weapons, and they know it's the number one way to hurt us because that's all we care about is our kids. And I I hear that well, he's not, is he physically hurting the children? That's what I keep hearing. Well, no, but he, he's hurting them in all the other ways and he's hurting me in all the other ways. But right. I, the, even though the court has access to my Our Family Wizard app that I've been ordered to use, they don't go in there and monitor it. And if my ex is verbally abusing me, which he is, 
they say, oh, stop doing that. Literally, that's as much as they do. And that's after I've sent a plethora of emails asking them to please look into this to temper this this verbal abuse that's wearing me out and affecting my ability to parent my children. Yeah. And, and, you know, the unfortunate thing that so many of us face in the family court system because they don't understand these dynamics. I mean, the reality is that family court judges are not trained on the 101 of domestic violence, let alone... We're out there trying to, to, We're trying to change awareness. It. Yeah. You know, and, and one of the things that, you know, we are really trying to educate the general public on my dog groomer has mm. more training to mm. get her certification to, to groom dogs than my judge has on domestic violence yet. That's unbelievable. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. And so when they don't even understand the 101, you know, we've got judges who, even if somebody goes in with pictures of physical abuse, you know, black eyes, broken bones, they're saying, well, you know, it doesn't affect him as a parent. Yes, it does. Yes, you it know, does. that the, yes, the disconnect in what we, what we know from research and the reality of our court system. And, and so the courts really tend to lump us both into the same category because they don't understand these dynamics. And there's a victim blaming mentality. My judge looked at me and said, you married him. You chose to have children. That's the thing. It's like, no, stop blaming the victim. First of all, like that is not, not okay ever under any victim circumstances. And second of all, Oh, there's two, there's two things I hear. There's two sides to every story. Number one, number two is it's a high conflict divorce. No, it's not. It's a high conflict narcissist. Right. It, there's not two sides to every story. There's the narcissist side and there's the truth. Yes. And it doesn't need to be high conflict. We don't need to be constantly setting court dates and in the court system if these judges and lawyers could just see us and protect us. When when I was um, assigned a GAL, a guardian ad litem, which is a protective, supposed to be a protective lawyer agent for the children in order to represent them during the divorce and, and um, make recommendations based on the children's best interests, I was thrilled. However, that GAL made recommendations based on the parents' legal rights and then thought about the children, which you know what that did, Tina? Zero, nothing. It actually makes things worse because you have more chefs in the kitchen and the judges don't have the capacity to truly investigate these cases. So it's almost like they have this a la carte menu on their on the bench that is like, oh, GAL, Psyche Val, let's just put and they're pushing it all off on everyone else. But these people are also not trained in, you know, there's a study out of Santa Clara University, Mm -hmm. and it talks about high conflict personalities in family court. And that's one of the the things that I work to educate people on. It only takes one, you know, the two sides Mm -hmm. to every story. It's typically an abusive individual and a parent who is desperate to protect their children. Right. So you're and and the thing with the high conflict individual, they bring out the crazy. They they drive, they gaslight me and triangulate and until like I'm feel like I'm being driven crazy and I can't even focus on my daily duties. I had to cancel a podcast yesterday because I was crying my eyes out all morning over like basically invented circumstances. And here I find myself defending myself against something that literally never happened. 
Right. The best way I can describe it to people, the day I received my family court case number, it was like being assigned my own personal terrorist. Oh, God. Well, when I got to tell you what's happening lately and why shit's hitting the fan with me. So I there's there's this kind of new feature on Instagram. For, it's called subscribers. It's a, a su- subscriber button. And I th- saw that as my way to um, expose some of the verbal abuse, mainly verbal abuse that I've been dealing with and in real in real time, more or less. So what I've done is um, I'll charge subscribers $9.99. And the reason for that is I'm hoping that, you know, people who are invested in um, my story are the only ones who will pay that. Well, and then I've been posting screenshots of how my ex talks to me on OFW. And it's it it is mind blowing. I mean, you've seen everything. And so, you know, probably what you know, kind of these emails are made up of. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of neglect that I show. Like, you know, if if I ask a question about the kids, there won't be a response for a few days because you know that's necessary. Right. Um, there's name calling. There's um, threats. There's um, um, he'll withhold money and child support. Or if, if there's something that we have to mutually agree upon for the children, like a camp, for instance, he'll never respond. So right. therefore he doesn't have to pay for it. And so, right. So right now I'm taking screenshots from OFW and I'm posting it to my private subscribers. There's less than a thousand of them. And he is losing his mind because he, you've exposed him i've exposed him he's yeah. he has all these moles in there he's going out of his way to pay the subscription and he's then taking the the screenshots that i'm using and you know trying to defend himself against them well the way he defends himself which has always been the way is just through lies and they're through like absolute lies. He uses absolute words. Everyone hates you. Everyone thinks you're a liar. Um, You always do this. You always lie. And And that's projection. It's projection. And also it's, there's no receipts. There's no proof because I don't always lie. And I don't always do these things. And he is, he's losing his mind. It's, it's, and I think because I'm finally exposing him with receipts. I mean, this is, you can't even say no to this stuff. It literally is. He wrote it. Yeah. His own words. They, his they, own words. They are their own worst enemy. But, really? but when you expose it and, and I want to, you know, one thing, it is so important what you're doing because it is. It is. Here's why. Um, There are so many people suffering in silence Mm -hmm. and isolated, and they're going through the exact same thing. And so when someone like you who has a platform is able to show that you're not alone and, you know, I have worked with a lot of celebrities and a lot of people who have a presence and it can be even more isolating and that, you know, people have a hard time understanding that because you're forced into silence and anything you say is twisted through the media and actually reflects poorly on you when it shouldn't because this is terrorism it's it's coercive control and you're exposing it so you're a huge threat to him and i just have to say i remember watching real housewives back in the day when you were first on there and first of all reality tv shows are really great research on narcissism in general. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, I remember 
mm-hmm. kind of going watching him and going, I have no clue who the guy is. First of all, I don't watch sports, but just really keen in on him and this underlying rage. And I mm-hmm. remember thinking, wanting to jump through the screen and, and tell you to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, watching him and thinking, if this is how he treats her or talks to her on camera, Mm -hmm. I cannot imagine what's happening behind closed doors. And so when your marriage can, your, you know, relationship came to an end, Mm -hmm. I had a sinking feeling going, this is going to get really bad. Mm -hmm. And these things are so predictable because they're playbook. And as much as these guys want to believe they're special, they're all the same and it's boring and it's predictable, but when you're living it, it's terrorism. Yes. It's been, it's been horrible. And the coercive control, I want to kind of rewind that back to that a little bit. Can you explain what that is? So I pulled a quote. There's a few thought leaders in this, you know, coercive control movement who I always defer to, and I'll send you over links afterwards so you can post for guests. But um, Dr. Emma Katz, Dr. Lisa Fontes, Dr. Christine Cochiola and Dr. Evan Stark. They are really, you know, that they're out there and they're raising awareness on what is, you know, a new concept. And Dr. Stark says coercive control is a new conceptual and legal framework. It frames male partner abuse as a crime against autonomy, dignity, equality, and liberty. Yeah. It is, you know, it is a way that they permeate every aspect of your life. It's about power and control. And this is a new platform and stage for someone like him to terrorize you. I thought that with when I did my subscriber page, I would be safe and finally able to speak freely. And I can't, he won't even give me the benefit of giving me that safe space. It's just, he's taken pictures of my house just for the hell of it. He'll drive by like he has before, at least now I have an order of protection that's supposed to prevent that. Um, he'll go to my country club when I'm out of town where he's not a member, um, you know, as a guest with someone else. And my country club has done nothing to protect me despite me asking them. Um, because they think it's this is a this is a private matter. No, this is a public matter. That's how I see it. And I do have this platform. And I do think of myself as um as a particularly strong and resilient woman. And I am fucking broken yeah. despite that. Like I'm going to cry right now because it's it's abuse and it hurts. And mm. and it's not it's not okay. I don't know how to make this stop. Like this man just won't leave me alone. I wouldn't have anything to post for my subscribers if he treated me like a human being, which is not even asking for him to be nice. I'm just asking for him to not try to terrorize me and call me names and intimidate me and threaten me and, and withhold money from me. And that's all I'm asking. Like if he would just be able to treat me like a human and respond to questions about the children, there would be no subscriber page. I mean, I talk about other things on my subscriber page, but like there would be nothing for him to get mad at, but now it's my fault. Right. It's always my fault. 
I remember my ex-husband, you know, putting my my blog and my book out in front of the court and the and the judge said, "You're giving her all the con all the content. She would have nothing to write about if you would stop." And that's very much, it's you know, it's but it took years. It took 6 years to get to that point where my judge got it. And meanwhile, what you are living you know, it, it's their goal to create fear, to intimidate, to degrade, to isolate, to control. And um, by you exposing him through these emails, you've become a huge threat because you've taken his mask that he likes to wear publicly and, and point the finger and project on you. And you've taken the mask off and you're saying, here's the receipts. Here's the proof. Right. And that's powerful. You're a threat. You know, we, we, it's actually, so we did have an, I want to clear this up. We did have an order of protection that was turned into a consent order. So what that means is I'm still covered by, um, everything in an order of protection, um, also known as a restraining order, but the consent order is us not having to, you know, argue before a judge. And we both sign it saying we'll both stay away from each other, which, um, I'm fine with because I want, to stay, you know, a million feet away from him. So that, so, so that's what it is. It's a consent order with all of the term, the, the same language as an order of protection. And the, th the crazy thing is this blows my mind. Like you said, dig digging his own grave kind of thing. I have less than a thousand subscribers that I'm, that I'm, you know, ex exposing him to. And basically it's just what this is giving me, it's been so cathartic for me to be able to finally release all of any, anything really I, I feel like I should with the abuse because I barely talk about it to my friends because it's so exhausting. And then to keep up with it over and over with the you know friends and tell them and they don't even believe me that right. it's as bad it is as it is because it doesn't sound real, but it is. Right. And, and so, so that's then I stop telling them. Yeah, it's isolating. And then I stopped talking about it. And then if I do, they're like, well, wait, why don't you just let it go by the wayside? It Maybe it'll get better with time. No, it doesn't. And so I've been talking about this, like I said, with, you know, less than a thousand subscribers. And then he's responding to his 160,000 public subscribers. It's like, wh what are you doing? I thought you didn't want anything to do with it. And he said publicly, if she would only stop talking, everything would be fine. Excuse me, misogyny. Excuse me, mansplaining. Right. What? Right. I'm not allowed to speak. You can give a 59 minute interview bashing me, but I better not defend myself. Otherwise, right. it's my fault. Absolutely. And, and and in the public court of opinion with the media and with celebrity stuff, you know, you are both lumped into the same category because people don't get it. And I, you know, when it comes to your friends, when it comes to the general public, I had to come to a place in my own healing journey that I'm glad people don't get it because mm -hmm. I wouldn't wish this on anyone, you know. I, well, I get it. People get it because of personal experience. And so the people who you are, you know, putting this out to are likely survivors who get it and they need yeah. you to be doing that because we do need more people talking about this issue. You know, we've lost at One Mom's Battle over the years, lots of people to suicide because I believe people, it. you get so broken down and these people are so convincing. And with abuse, abusers thrive under the spotlight. And when someone has mm. 
endured this type of abuse and control, they get to the point where they are so broken and isolated. And, and, you know, it's, it's tragic what has what I've witnessed over the years. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. (sighs) Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life, you know that. His business is failing, his house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger, and we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. What do you say, what would you have to say to people? Um, I get a lot of feedback. Pe- people say, this will upset my children. I should just not talk about this because it will affect my children. You know, it's... Here's the thing. I believe that we should all, as a society, be talking about these things in general terms and equipping our children because, yes, in this situation, it's their dad, but they're living who he is, you know, when they are with him. 
they're going to read things. It's the the reality of what you are both, you know, public figures. Right. They're We're going to read the lots of things right. um, about him, about you. And that's you're you're in a different territory than most. Um I think we're doing our kids a disservice by not talking about what red flags are, who mm -hmm. toxic people are, what boundaries are about, listening to your intuition. And, you know, if somebody shows you who they are, believe, you know, believe listen them. to your gut, listen and believe it on the first time. You know, I am a firm believer in teaching my, I have two teenage daughters. They will go into the world able to recognize mm -hmm. all of these things. And, and I do think it's important to talk about. With my kids, the way that I, I find myself being able to put one foot in front of the other is by um, fairness and, and doing the right thing and, and ideally, you know, reaching justice. But for them, if I don't respond to this type of abuse, I would cr crawl up into a ball and, and like, disintegrate into and disappear i would be i would be destroyed like this is my only way in order to keep on keeping on and I, my, my children see that and i'm proud of it because i want them to i want to be on um the right side of history where i stand up to, for myself and i stand up against the abuse that's occurring as well as the abuse for others who don't have the platform to stand up for themselves in the way that i do and i think that my children will be very proud of me one day because of because of all this. I mean, it's their father and they share half of his DNA. And I'm, I want to make it explicitly clear to them that narcissists aren't, aren't born, they're made. And despite many children growing up in terrible environments, it doesn't, that doesn't become an excuse at the age of 52 anymore. And or any other, any adult doesn't have the excuse of a poor childhood at that point. And that's for my children to, to kind of um, take that in their own karmic way and decide what they're going to do with their lives and how they're going to, you know, turn lemon, lemons into lemonade, or are they going to, you know, be an angry, mean person like their father? And there's, I don't need to prove any of that to them. I can just prove to them how I'm dealing with the abuse. Right. So, what are some red flags to recognize right away with a narcissist? Um, you know, empathy, but some of them, you know, depending on, there's such a wide spectrum. Some of them have really good impression management skills. And so they can actually, it, it's cognitive empathy where they really pretend to care about people. Uh -huh. So mm -hmm. that's a tricky one and it can take time. You know, I've heard that it can take 18 months of actually living with someone to really see, you know, depending on how good they are at impression management to really see behind the mask. And, but by that point, you're so, you're starting to become beaten down and yeah, 18 you know, months, your soul cow. out. Um, you know, so the love bombing is, you know, the, the 101 right out of the playbook, you know, that's what sucked me in. Yeah, me too. Absolutely. Really? And what's love bombing? They overwhelm you and it, it's going to be different from for everybody, but flowers, poetry, gifts, vacations, all of those things, words of, you know, encouragement. You're the best thing that's ever happened to them. You are the most amazing human. And that is true because they target people who are opposite of them and they want to suck all of that out of you mm -hmm. to claim it as mm -hmm. their own. Um, and, you know, but 
they keep you in this state of being love bombed to where you're so overwhelmed by all of the positive attention that you can't even think straight. And so, you know, but what you will find if you want to test to see if you are being love bombed or this person is unhealthy, put up a boundary. You know, this mm-hmm. feels really overwhelming. I need a good week of just alone time to gather my thoughts and and whatnot and self-reflect and all of that they don't do well with boundaries. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. you will get a delivery of flowers a day into it or whatnot. And while that seems like a a great thing, he sent me flowers. It's not, it's a, he, you know, he didn't respect the boundary violated your boundary. Right. And that, but I could, I could, I see this already. Like they, then they would say, well, what do you mean? Oh, I thought I was doing a nice thing. And that's logical and rational. And you're like, oh, well, that is flowers are a nice thing. And you forget that you put a boundary up yeah. because it was like he slithered his way in through a quote unquote nice thing gesture. Well, and then what we see often, and I think this is how people get hooked into these relationships, is that we hear a lot about narcissism as it relates or projection as it relates to the narcissist projecting, you know, what they're doing onto us. But in those beginning stages, we are projecting, we are projecting our positive qualities and traits and who we are mm-hmm. onto someone who's mm-hmm. not deserving. So you start to, you know, give them things that they haven't earned in terms of benefit of the doubt. And right. Uh, right. Dr. Romani, who is, you know, a thought leader in this whole movement, she says those are the most dangerous words in our language is benefit of the doubt. And that's wow. how so many of us get caught up in these relationships. What is the third sign of a narcissist? We have lack of empathy lo- and love bombing. Lack of empathy, love bombing, um, you know, boundary violations. I would say that is one of yeah. the big ones and it can be good and bad boundary violations, mm-hmm. but like we talked about, but they really struggle with boundaries. Interesting. Do narcissists ever change? You know, and I I believe it is very much a scale that there are some people who just have very high narcissistic traits. None of us are qualified to diagnose someone with an actual personality Mm -hmm. disorder. But, you know, even people who have the high traits and not a full blown personality disorder during times of conflict, you Mm -hmm. know, they can really amplify. And and so there's a reason why. You know, when it's hard to give someone a professional diagnosis, an actual mm-hmm. solid diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder, because it is seen as, you know, almost a terminal illness of, you know, when it comes to insurance and things like that, because there is no hope. They can learn mm-hmm. to act, but they cannot. It, it is truly their wiring is broken. Um, I wrote down how is using my children against me um base so so he'll kind of like what happened was i offered him the kids when i was going out of town months before i went out of town he never responded then i saw i made plans then like a few days before i went out of town 
not months, a few days before, he says, well, when are you going out of town? I tell him the exact dates. Why can't you just fucking tell me what when you're leaving? Why does it always have to be such a fucking battle with you all the time? Everything's so hard. And I was like, wait, I just gave you the dates. So this this set of emails and abuse goes back and forth about five different times. And I finally said, screw it. It's 9 p.m. Um, the night before the morning night before I leave I, where they're staying with my nanny. And then all over social media, Megan wants the kids to be with the nanny and not with their father. Then he goes out of his way to have his mouthpiece literally quote and and say, um, Megan is on a narcissist retreat. I was hosting my very first retreat, a women's personal growth retreat in Sedona. I was hosting 25 women who have been through a lot and including myself. And I'm trying to be an entrepreneur and make my own money and support my children. And yet he then goes out of his way to give a misogynistic, degrading comment about what I'm doing to try to make the world a better place. It's just so hurtful. And and the fact that he's trying to hurt me and he's trying to destroy me. It's like the intention is so disgusting when I'm... literally all I'm doing is trying to be a better person. Right. And, and here's the thing you, when, if, if you had depended on him that weekend to take the kids in, and I'm going to speak in general terms in most of these situations, because they don't want to see you thrive or Mm -hmm. do anything and be successful, they will alter their plans and, and affect your ability mm-hmm. to go away for the weekend. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost many like times. You, you always have to have a backup plan, a nanny in place, whatnot, because they will, that's right out of the playbook. And then, you know, the, the recreating and twisting the narrative, you had sent an email, it went unresponded to with mm-hmm. the dates that you were going to travel. Right. And, and, you know, a tip on that, whenever, if anybody is dealing with that, Give a, you know, if I don't hear back from you by August 1st, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume we're in agreement about this. And that way yeah. it takes away that control that he needs from that. Um, but That's what my parents and coordinator suggested as well. So at least I have her on board so he can't you know, come after. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but no, I mean, he would have affected and, and no matter what, no matter how it played out, um, he would have used it to twist the narrative and to twist history to fit his agenda, which is, again, it's boring. It's playbook. It's, you know, right. met, you're a horrible person and it's projection. When I read, I saw one of the articles on the narcissist retreat and <laughs> I'm thinking, if that isn't projection, I don't mm. know what is, but here's the thing. If you would have been in the love bombing stage, he would have sent you on a retreat to that exact to place. The exact and, one. Yeah. To, it, so the irony in so much of this. Um, exactly. Is- Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. 
With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Hi, I'm Giancarlo Esposito, and I'm here to introduce you to my character, Gray Parrish, from my new series, Parrish. Yeah, I can drive. My character was a getaway driver. Yeah! I'm retired from life. You know that. His business is failing. His house is going up for sale. He is the everyman. Tell me about this driver job. We got a lot of action in this show. We have moments of real danger. And we want to feel as if anything could happen. Gray is invited to drive for this man. He's invited to make money, and he quickly realizes this is not the right thing to do. I did what you told me to. And he's in a world over his head. Now, let's go! He will try to do what's right and seek justice. Parish, all new Sundays at 9 on AMC and stream on AMC+. his wife is thinking about all this like here's exposed facts coming out and he and here he is like on february 14th on valentine's day he doesn't give her a sappy love post but he does post memes about me and how big of a narcissist i am and um you know how i'm trying to take the kids away or whatever 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 well like they literally just got married a few handful of months ago and and yet i'm the one getting the valentine's day messages on his social media isn't that kind of funny it is no it's great but it's not but it is it's right. funny in a humorous way but here's the thing so many people believe as soon as this person gets into a relationship my life is going to get easier but that's not how it works no. because they get a sick feed off of triangulating you and the other person and pitting them against yeah. you and and here's what i try to remember that person, and I don't know enough about her to even comment, but in general, Neither. they're holding a lens. He is holding a lens for her that she's looking through. And it's a very narrow lens. And it's the narrative he has created right. about you. And so she probably really does believe that you are this horrible, right. narcissistic monster. 
And he gets, you know, it just keeps feeding him the pitting the two of you together. And so if she's starting to speak out in the media, that just boosts his feed source even more. Uh And, And so their relationship is usually so solid because of that. Because that when, mutual hate against me. Yes. And so when the conflict, if it ever does die down between you and him, that's when they have to focus on their own issues as a couple. Right now, they don't have to. They're so focused on you that and and both, you know, she gets, you know, five gold stars every time she lashes out at you from him. Mm-hmm. And so their relationship is probably really good right now. But when you're taken out of the equation for whatever reason, and they're forced to go inside and, and examine their own issues, um, that's when it implodes. You know, I was triangulated against um, his other ex-wife before me, and I see that very clearly now. And so I, I recognize what's happening with the, his current wife. And um, But for me, when it fell apart, and it was when I had babies and the attention shifted from him to my children. And, um, and he also hated that I worked. He said, what kind of mother would work if they don't have to? Like, no no good mother would actually take time away from raising her children to work if she doesn't have to work for the money. Right. right. As he would be, by the way, he has a, a ton of money from playing baseball. Like, this doesn't even make sense. So he has so much money from playing baseball, and he's has a very high net worth, and yet he still works in broadcasting which is great. Like everybody should stay, you know, active in the, in the workforce. I think it's health, very, very mentally healthy yet. He doesn't make hardly any money doing that, not to compare to his net, his net worth. So, but he's allowed to say, how dare you work? And when he told me this, he was leaving to go to Kansas city for the weekend for a trip with broadcasting. And I was working in the office trying to to hammer out an email. And I was staying home with the kids that weekend. And he had just spent two hours getting ready and tells me that as he walks out the door. And I'm like, wait, what? What are Are you kidding me? Well, going back to like the pregnancy part of it, or, you know, having kids and how everything shifts. It is such a common topic among survivors that the second pregnancy comes into play and you're getting attention from being pregnant and all of that it starts this cycle. And, and then once the kids come, then it's even worse because, you know, it it changes the entire narrative and they are actually jealous of the attention you give to the babies or to the kids because they're, you're, he's no longer the focus. And so it's, um, it's common. And, and then with him not wanting you to work, when we're looking at abusive relationships, that is a dream for these people. But the, that it's the also, as soon as they get you isolated and not working and dependent on them, it gives them more control. But then these are the same individuals who, if they are successful in getting you to give everything up and be dependent and isolated, who will go out into the divorce calling you a gold digger that you're uh-huh. lazy, that oh, you yeah. laid on the couch while eating bonbons all day. Mm-hmm. Well, they did everything. And right. so it, it creates this, you know, you're, you're kind of questioning, wh- this is so confusing. And 
you have a hard time articulating it and explaining it to people because it's the contrast is um, it really takes a toll. What? Okay. After talking about all of this, what would you, what advice would you give to me on how to handle my situation? And also, do you think I should represent myself pro se in court? Because God, Tina, I feel like I know so much more about not only how he's going to operate, but about the abuse. Because like I was telling you earlier in the podcast, he, no one actually understands the level of abuse that I go through unless they're a fellow survivor. Right. And, and so is this something I should consider pro se? Um, it depends on your court system. There are some courts that are very friendly to people in pro se. I happened to be in one of those um, smaller town. And so, you know, for the first two years, I was out there just looking like a deer in headlights. I had no choice. I had to represent myself. But once mm -hmm. I got to the point of being able to afford an attorney, I wouldn't have given mm -hmm. that I couldn't have turned the reins over to someone because mm -hmm. I do feel that I am um, my own best advocate and the best advocate for my kids and trusting someone else to take control of that, you know, at a minimum, if you are going to go that direction, get an attorney who gets it, who can stay in the background okay. and work limited scope. But I cannot emphasize enough the importance of learning your local system, all of the mm -hmm. players, the judges studying it, okay. if you can sit in court, if you can watch it over Zoom, um, because there are some judges that, yeah, I think you would do really well. And then there are others who, you know, you're going to leave um, with your tail between your legs. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, maybe I should go sit in on some sessions. I think everyone should. Even you if do? You have, I think even if you have a great legal team, I believe everyone should learn their own local court system. I just went to, um, I just went to a court proceeding with, for my girlfriend who's divorcing a narcissist in Austin to Austin, Texas, not the same as St. Louis, Missouri, but, um, it was, a, it was a little intro kind of into what you're suggesting I do. Yeah. And it helps you to see it the way that it really is. Courts think of us as business transactions. It's not mm -hmm. personal to them. Mm -hmm. We are business transactions. We're case numbers and it's a business. Right. Um, and so helping to desensitize yourself to it and, and really watching the process when it's not your own case is the best advice I could give anyone. Yeah, it really was an interesting experience to walk into the court and like the only thing I was worried about is if my Starbucks is going to spill. Right. And like and then I look around I'm thinking why is this energy so tense here? Oh yeah, I'm in the family court building. <laughs> right, but it's not and your own trigger. It's not your mine. You. Yeah. No, yeah. that was actually good just to like um get rid of that you know how like people have PTSD if they walk into a hospital or, you know, that kind of a thing, you know, just to kind of familiarize myself yeah. with the physical environment. Yeah, it's uh, desensitization of all of it. And so, I mean, there's times while I'm working at my desk, I'll have court playing in the background, different cases that I'm watching or paying attention to. And it, it really helps you to see things in a different light. And I, I have to ask a question about sex with a narcissist because this is a show about sex and intimacy. Yeah. Does Is sex with a narcissist different than sex with a non-narcissist? I think there's so many different types, but I think in general, um, it's 
you would think that it would be this amazing thing. And I do hear people that have had, you know, mind blowing experiences with sex with a narcissist, but the majority of feedback I hear is that it's horrible (laughs) and they're just laying there waiting for it to be over. Oh my God. Is it like selfish sex? Is it one-sided? I think so. I think they're always performing. I think uh-huh. it's they're they can't, you know, get out of their own heads. And so they're only worried about themselves. And I think in the love bombing phase, it's probably very different because mm-hmm. they're still putting on a show and trying to hook you in. Mm-hmm. But once you get past that love bombing phase and the cycle of abuse starts, then it's it's all everything is all about them. Tina, where can people find you and how can they get involved in bringing awareness? Uh, OneMomsBattle.com is my hub for everything that I do. And then if they're interested in getting involved in family court advocacy, NationalSafeParents.org. Our goal is to get Caden's Law passed um, in state by state across the country. I just gave testimony in the past week for Colorado and also Montana. And it will, you know, there's nothing that's going to solve all of the problems in family court. It's chipping away at it, but this is a huge step in the right direction. You're, you're fantastic. Thank you for all you do for everyone who has experienced this type of abuse or will, or everyone, all survivors or future victims. Um, so important. And I'm, I'm so grateful for you. You've helped me through so much. So thank you. Thank everyone. My heart's with everyone going through this. Thanks, Tina. Bye. Wow. Tina is someone who I've, I've admired for so long and it was so wonderful to be able to talk to her almost as a therapist, really. I could have talked to her for hours and hours. And if you guys are interested in seeing the behind the scenes of what's happening with my post-separation abuse, you can subscribe to my page by going to my Instagram, Megan King, and click subscribe on the bio. You're going to get behind the scenes information, not only just into, you know, kind of what I'm going through with the post-separation abuse and the coercive control, but other fun things too, like my dating life and other behind the scenes information from intimate knowledge, as well as I kind of dive into the struggles that I have with raising a child with a disability. And so that's for my subscriber page that I talked about. I also talked about my Gaia Haven wellness retreat in this podcast. And I have another one coming up in Switzerland in in July, July 17th through 22nd. It's in Zermatt, Switzerland. It's going to be incredible. And it's going to combine tourism with women's growth. It's going to be an incredible experience. If it's anything like the Sedona experience that I just hosted, it's going to be completely life-changing, transformative. So check out those two things. Thanks, everybody. Because if I know, you know. Okay? Till next week. Subscribe to Intimate Knowledge on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. 
Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.